You're listening to a DM podcast. When I came to them and said, I want to do this podcast, Dad is like, he's from this rural town, like country, he's a tradie, grew up on a farm. So he was like, whoa, like, what are you doing? You're going to get stalkers. You're going to have all these people who are going to like, you know, it's not going to be safe. You shouldn't do that. Should you really be talking about all of these things, especially because the first episode was with my mum. So that's put him in a spin because it was their sex life. G'day and welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules and today Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Emily Duncan of That's Orgasmic Podcast. So she's a relatively newbie, but she's making big waves, and I think she's obviously a quite a provocative title and, and subject matter, but what she's trying to do is spread the word on sexual positivity and get that kind of narrow way of thinking that I probably just displayed before out of people's minds and, and start to talk about sex in a, with a more open dialogue so we can understand all sides of it. She also started as a bit of a way to create a profile to help her get further into the field. Ultimately, she wants to become a sexologist, um, so it's not necessarily a kind of career path that has a set way in. So you've really got to make your name known. What do you think, Stocks? I really enjoy this interview, and I really enjoy her podcast. It's one of those ones that, I mean, she's 21 and lives in regional Victoria, and she's created this incredibly progressive and fun podcast and educational as well. And it's one of those ones that you can see in the sort of under 30 episodes she's done the evolution of the show as well if you jump into episode one then you jump into episode 26 it's night and day i mean she is really really improving her craft every day it's fantastic i loved it well why don't we just get in and talk to emily then emily tell us about the show that's orgasmic is a sex positive podcast Um, we talk about all things sex sexuality um relationships and it kind of just aims to like break down the stigma and miscon- like misconceptions that are attached to sex and different like ideas and concepts around it. Um, guests come on basically every week and talk about a whole heap of different things um, with their own experiences or their work. So we've talked about like STIs, sex work, um, LGBTIQ plus community a whole whole heap of um different things so yeah it's really cool it feels like these topics are sort of entering into the the public vernacular a little bit more these days um can you tell us a bit about you know when you were in school what was it like i mean i know thinking back to our own sex education classes and i think i've heard you talk about this a little bit as well but there wasn't really much variety there and it was certainly very male skewed did you find that yeah you just weren't getting enough information there and you just wanted a way to kind of well liberate people Yeah, definitely. My sex education sucked. We had like an hour in high school and it did not cover enough. It was basically just like, these are STIs. Here's some symptoms. Don't get them. Um, Not what to do if you do get them. Yeah, it was really just minimum. Even like looking back like primary school, we had like our sex ed, um, but it was more just like we were separated, which I feel like they shouldn't do because that kind of puts a gap and then we should be like everyone should be learning about periods and every like we deserve to know about wet dreams too instead of being confused and like what is happening when they're you know talking about these things and being on the outer i had not the best sex education however my parents are super open so like that was like where i got most of my sex education from so i was super lucky but i definitely i started the podcast especially to like spread 
as like awareness and education and help people unlearn a lot of things too because there's so many misconceptions and especially when people are taught like abstinence-based sex education they are taught so many things that are incorrect around sex and they have to unlearn a lot of shame too because there's so much of shame that is attached to sex so I kind of wanted to create that safe space so we can have these conversations and kind of work through these different ideas and the shame and the things that we have to try and unlearn because even myself like there's so many things that I still have to you know unlearn and the you know the way you approach conversations and word things like it's such there's just so much to it so having I think like the podcast it does it in a fun way it's not as daunting yeah it's just a lot more of like a safe space and maybe like you get in school especially at the moment when they really need to broaden what they teach beyond just like SDIs. Mm. It's a very interesting. We're sort of at this space where sex education in school is, as you said, it's a lot of it's segregated, and yeah. it's very brief. It's not really, it's not really helpful, as you said. It's uh, here avoid an STI, but we're not going to tell you how to diagnose it or what it is or how to deal with it. And then there's a pornification, I guess, of content as well, with so much of the internet traffic in the world being porn related which is again giving people the wrong idea on what healthy sex is as well yeah definitely so look you've got a really nice sweet spot there yeah yeah and i feel like porn that's where most people have to get their sex ed and it's not like we're taught how to search for ethical porn or pay for your porn and get porn that is realistic and represents the kind of sex that you want to see and the type of sex that you want to have so it can be it's so confusing and I mean, I know it as someone who has heterosexual sex with cisgendered men, you can see where they're getting their education from. Like, you know, it's it's very much, there's like this um, script that I guess we don't even really, people necessarily talk about, but, you know, you go into all these different sexual relationships and there is this same script and it's 100% coming from porn and... Well, I mean, why wouldn't they utilize that if there's no one else teaching you anything different or telling you how to... Because porn can be great. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but teaching you how to approach it and the best way to like absorb that content. Mm. That's interesting. So you referenced your parents being quite open. I mean, that's really, I guess, some of the most influential people we all have, I guess, in our younger lives is your relationship your parents have with sex and their relationship with each other is a real sort of cue. So did you find that was an advantage, I guess, for you when you were starting out this podcast? Oh, absolutely. They opened up my world to so many more things I was a lot more sex positive ideas like even in high school with like slut shaming I just I was a lot more against it and didn't you know bite into like that narrative and without them there's no way that I would have been able to start up this podcast without their support because it was such a daunting thing to not only you know to go out onto the internet to the whole world and talk about not only my sex life and just talking about sex and all of these things that are so shunned upon in society and even just my own you know sex life now and how I think about everything it just helped so much having that sex positive space at the time even though I probably didn't realize it it made me really uncomfortable I every time mum would try and talk to me I was like mom stop it that you don't we don't talk about this like none of my other friends are talking about this with their parents like stop this is too much we're at the dinner table my friends are over like stop (laughs) and like it was still I think when I came to them and said I want to do this podcast dad is like he's from this rural town like country he's a tradie grew up on a farm so he was like whoa like what are you doing 
you're going to get stalkers. You're going to have all these people who are going to like, you know, it's not going to be safe. You shouldn't do that. Should you really be talking about all of these things, especially because the first episode was with my mum. So that's Mm. put him in a spin because it was their sex life. So, yeah, but I think we've also gone on a journey together with this. Like the conversations I have with my parents now are like, amazing conversations and it's such like a safe space and like even my podcast logo the other day dad was like oh yeah you if you're dildo I'm like dad it's a vibrator it's not a dildo like <laughs> not, not many people can have that conversation oh yeah the old bushy dad from regional <laughs> victoria yeah not the most progressive sometimes that's fantastic no and then your so your first interview was with your mum so that's a real way to sort of kick it off yeah definitely i did that because um creating like the podcast I wanted to be able to kind of sculpt what I wanted this podcast to be and I was like if I do it with mum we can you know direct that conversation and like how open we're going to be and what it's kind of going to be centered around Um, because I thought it'd be a bit daunting having a stranger come on that I don't necessarily know and trying to set the foundation of what I kind of want that podcast to be so it was great being able to have mum come on and you know talk about the different topics we were talking about and kind of like be like yep this is what this podcast is going to be. And it, yeah, it is funny. I mean, you mentioned uh, you know, talking to your parents about what the podcast is going to be. And I know speaking to my own parents, when you say, hey, I'm going to start doing a podcast, they do have a lot of questions like, what is that? And can you make any money? And all of those kind of things. And why are you doing this, etc. But that added element of, yeah, I'm going to interview mom first and we're going to talk about your <laughs> sex life. I imagine probably would have just said, oh, okay. <laughs> and how many people are going to be listening to this thing? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was a lot um, trying to get that first episode out with her. It was very hostile at some point, especially because I sent them to listen to it first. And dad's like, holy shit, you cannot post that. You cannot put that out for everyone to see. He's like, you need to cut this, this and this. And I was like, no, because if I cut those things, it loses like the authenticity, the thing that it's meant to be. So we kind of had to like come to a middle ground, especially when I guess I didn't understand it. And I, I get it for them too, because I come from like, very small town of like 3,000 people it would have got around the town that quickly in that (laughs) first week so everyone knows and like my parents friends still listen to it which is a weird concept because I'm like oh my gosh I'm like whenever we like have a event and I'm just sitting there like yeah everyone here knows about my sex life (laughs) (laughs) which is just a really weird concept It's such a chicken egg kind of situation. I suppose that's a terrible metaphor. But when you're trying to create this sexual positivity and and things, but you might have a lot of people who are from a very old school way of thinking and you're in that kind of balance where you're changing people's concepts and, and mind frames around this. But some people might still be a bit, you know, voyeuristic or something like that. Even that is a term, you know, it starts to, the more that people talk about it, the more normalized it becomes. And hopefully we have better conversations and points of view about sex, you know, across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I put myself out there completely and I'm so open and honest because I'm like, I need to do that first if I expect people to start having these conversations. And I can't expect guests to come on and tell me, you know, about their sexual traumas and relationships and these really intimate moments in their life if I'm not you know, willing to speak up about it myself. Mm, it's a perfect medium podcasting for this type of conversations. I mean, how did you land on a podcast as being a way to do it? I think because it was like November 2020, we'd like, you know, go into COVID and I feel like they were really starting to come 
come about podcasts like you know a lot more people were starting to make them and I I don't I kind of just was looking almost from a business perspective first off because I want to become a sexologist and once I had put my heart on this is what I want to do I thought well how am I going to work in this industry? Because I can't just go on like seek.com and look up a sexology job because they, they don't really exist. You kind of have to make the job and you it's kind of who you know. And I was like, well, what's the best way for me to not only learn information, but like make contacts, probably will help like getting into my masters and different things and be able to build a platform so that if I start my own business, which is something I'd love to do, I can, you know, do it kind of a lot more closer out of uni and make money straight away instead of struggling and hopefully be able to work under some amazing people because I may have met them or they, you know, know of me and I'm not just some complete, you know, stranger. Random stranger, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just, I felt like podcasting was just kind of the, in thing at the time and it seemed a bit more easier than necessarily like YouTube because like trying to get like camera and everything set up and yeah so I decided to just kind of take that leap it was all very like quick from the moment I decided to make a podcast to going live with it was like two and a half weeks like it was ridiculous it was it was looking back onto it it was almost stupid because it was such a leap of like faith I had no planning no idea what the hell I was doing I just did it and went all in and like it worked in my favor like I don't know how but it just it just happened I somehow managed to find a guest every week and they were all amazing guests and I was like how are these people trusting me like I just yeah went on a on a big um Big leap of faith, yeah. It's really interesting. We've got some guys we've worked with and had in this podcast before, Equity Mates. They've got a sort of millennial investing show. And for them, yep. part of the show was also yeah, it's similar to what you're saying is they wanted to be in the space and they wanted to talk. They used the podcast as an excuse to learn themselves and talk to experts in the field and and pick their brains and be able to get time with these people that they never would normally get and then it did hit a critical mass with them i think they had malcolm turnbull on and there was sort of a social validation when they got him on that they were suddenly able to get almost any guest they wanted so it's a really interesting approach and they're doing i mean their podcast in its own right is very successful um, but it's a really interesting approach if you're going with that sort of natural uh, interest or inquisition it's really going to work out for you yeah, definitely. And I've learned so much. Like I've honestly, this past year, the amount of knowledge and different perspectives on things and issues, because it is quite, it can be quite a controversial topic with a lot of historical um, issues attached to it. And having people come on and with their perspective it can be very thought-provoking and I've loved that I love when I can walk away and be like wow I've only seen it from this perspective and now I've come in from a different angle and it's you know really opens it up and even like if I'm gonna I will do my master's having say when we're talking about sex work actually talking to sex workers is a completely different thing than having say your professor talk about it like getting their actual lived experience I think is so valuable and yeah every single person I talk to I've learned something from how do you find your guests because you've got some incredible guests on and they're from all around the world which is again I guess another advantage of podcasts is you getting on subject matter experts from the US or from wherever you want yeah so mainly through social media when I first started have I went to a um, sexual health 
conference. It was like a world conference in, I think it was in Sydney, but it was during COVID, so it was all online. And it's so expensive. I think it was like $400 a ticket, but that year they had undergrad students, certain ones could get free tickets. So I just like emailed um, at like super late notice, managed to get a ticket. So that's where I got like my first guest from, which was great because I could you know they had already done a conference and spoke so I kind of had some points to talk on and then from there it was mainly through social media and I just kept following all these sex positive accounts and from there more suggestions would come up also looking at other um, podcasts that had um, like sex positive people coming on and I also um kind of looked at say like on TikTok because there's heaps of people that are talking about these more like sex positive topics now and I remember I had Rain she was um she's a stripper and she was like starting to really take off so I was like oh I'll get in contact with her like she'll be amazing and yeah once you I don't know I found once I contact one person it opens you up to a whole new other um you know scope of people and yeah but it was definitely mainly through social media also some once I grew people get in contact with me and be like hey I want to talk about this issue are you interested and yeah went from there so you find the community at at large is quite supportive and and helps promote someone who well it's not going to be their competitor but you know I think in in certain fields there would be a a reluctance to help out younger people but it seems like this has been a really good supportive community yeah, absolutely. I think this like sex positive community, we all want the same thing and we all want the same world, which makes it a lot easier. And yeah, I think we're all very much just supportive of each other and we want to talk about these issues and everyone wants to be, you know, talking with everyone. It's almost like I have this whole other circle of friends now that are all like my internet friends and we all, you know, talk about these things that are constantly, you know, unpacking different issues that are happening in the world because it's something that's so fast paced like there's constantly things chase changing like even like in texas with their abortion laws a few weeks ago like there's constantly things happening in this like industry it's really interesting that sort of greater good common goal i hadn't thought of that that really is you know fascinating to tap into a larger community like that yeah definitely and i think it kind of takes away then people just trying to you know make money or be the biggest that they can in that industry also because a lot of the people who are doing this work aren't making any money <laughs> they it's you know it's so hard to have um getting sponsors and different things and making their money through their content creation because generally they're only if they're getting deals it's with um like sex toy like sex toys and all that kind of stuff mm. um so yeah i think it's definitely they're all, yeah, we're just working towards that same goal of having this sex positive space where everyone gets access to the education and, you know, can not have that shame attached to sex. It's funny when you think about podcasting as like a, a really good medium for this because it, it's audio, obviously. So there's no kind of, you know, visual element that comes with it and you are forced just to listen a lot more. And I think hearing, the, hearing those conversations happen um, is great. And I think, you know, outside of of podcasting specifically as you mentioned i mean you know there's social media and people can really develop a following and, and promote a good message and i think as you were saying before about you know ethical porn and and the exploitation that comes along with well traditional porn i guess 
Stocks and I are probably of an age where it was, you know, magazines which showed a certain thing and then it, the internet just took over and it was just completely unregulated and, and it really did a good job of, of changing people's view for the worse about what a healthy sex life is and, and, you know, what it means for two people having consensual sex. And I think there's a lot happening to rectify that. So it's great to have people who are putting those messages out and, and normalising it and making this the, the status quo and the accepted way to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's so necessary. Like it just, we have so many issues these days with sexual assault, consent, all of these things. And it's just, it's a topic that has to be spoken about because it just can't keep going the way that it is. Yeah, absolutely. It must be, it must be very, very, well, I don't know. I mean, disappointing seems just too light a word but when you do have those decisions like in the abortion rules being overruled and things it just seems like it's such a massive step back and it's by people who aren't you know the ones who are going to have to get the abortions they're making the decisions on other people's bodies i mean it's just insane so it's great just having this way to try and you know put more of that conversation and outweigh their views yeah definitely and it's good because with our conversations it's getting into a lot more mainstream media too a lot of especially through social media a lot of influencers um like people create these amazing infographics and then they're getting spread on you'll see it on mainstream kind of like influencers i guess so it's great that it's like kind of pushing out and um, going beyond just like that sex positive community and being put onto people who interacting with these influencers who might not have be there for that content but it's kind of been putting on to them and making them think about it too i mm. found it really educational and i'm someone who's you know a, twice your age and considered myself to be quite worldly and i've learned so much just from some some of the episodes listened to in the last week alone yeah thank you can you tell us a bit about the audience i mean we've we've the spoken shaggers. To, yeah the shaggers i mean you've got both <laughs> sides you've got the shaggers and then no doubt you've got a whole bunch of people who are you know on more of the annoying side of the audience spectrum yeah they're actually so most of my audience it's generally like around people my age so i'm like 21 so it's been like 20 to 30 um however i am surprised i'm getting a lot more of a older like 40s 50s like especially um interacting with me through social media which is a bit of a surprise i i don't know why i just especially because the way i talk about sex i've heard especially from you know a few of like my parents friends it's a bit vulgar and they can't listen to me swearing and like all that well, like innocent emily <laughs> like we can't listen mm. to that so um i think it's great though that there's is kind of like that older audience that does interact with it and is listening because i think also obviously we all kind of talk about sex differently but yeah most people are super supportive like i rarely ever hear any negative feedback and if i do it's only really been from like older people thinking that it's they can't listen to me talk like that (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah and my audience is from all over the world too which is amazing it's great talking to people from literally all over and having people reach out and saying that episode really resonated with me it's something that i needed to hear and i'm you know happy that you're talking about that issue that you know they might be experiencing that they don't feel comfortable talking about with people around them and um they don't necessarily hear represented um especially in more like mainstream media isn't that fantastic i love it you're beaming out from regional victoria and you're touching people all around the world with a progressive subject that everyone's into 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. I can't believe it. Like, I remember I got a message from someone from Ireland um, talking about, because I'd had an episode on HSV, so herpes, and it really resonated with them. And I was like, oh, my God, someone from Ireland. I was like, how? Like, how did you even find it? (laughs) You've mentioned in your disclaimer and everything that you will touch on things and you have the trigger warnings. How did you think to do that? I mean, was that something that you'd heard on other podcasts and thought you wanted to incorporate? Or is that just through study, the university work and things that you've done that thought that might be necessary? I think it was definitely through other podcasts. I mean, there's still things that I'm still learning that I should put a trigger on because it's something that a lot of people don't think about necessarily. And... I think it's just exposure. Once you get exposed, someone saying, hey, that's actually something that could be triggering for someone, maybe put a trigger warning on it and having like, you know, having those conversations. And I'm always willing to accept if someone messages me and saying, hey, I think, you know, maybe put something on that because you just never know. And it is such a sensitive topic. And if you're only coming from it through your lived experience, then like you're going to be ignorant to what's around. So it's definitely just being exposed to it and yeah just the conversations that people are having around certain topics good good is there an episode you're most proud of or if someone want to get into that's orgasmic an episode you'd recommend them listening to that's a good question it's so hard to pick one because they are all so different and they all touch on such different topics i loved the one I did with Miss Honey Anal Verka, the ins and outs of asking around because it was quite a taboo topic and the way that she speaks is just amazing and she's hilarious. Just her name and the podcast episode <laughs> name alone are clickbait. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and how about just the, the format of the show generally? I mean, you have, you know, the interviews that you do. You have Tinder Tuesdays. When you were going through the conceit of the show initially, I mean, did, you started off with these quite early. Had you developed a pretty good idea of what you wanted the show breakdown to be and how frequently? And Yeah, the- I think so because I did it so quickly. I wasn't really thinking. I was just all in threw myself in and I'm very much I'm always like oh I've got this new idea this new idea let's do this let's do this and I think because at that time it was coming out of a lockdown so we couldn't really do anything I wasn't working so I was like I have all the time in the world so I was like I'm going to put out episodes every week and then I decided to do the Tinder Tuesdays because my first few episodes were quite I think serious on the issues they talked about and a bit more educational I was like I also want to have fun with it and I also want to take the shame out of casual sex because I think that's a massive thing people hold a lot of shame and there's just it's just like it can be a bit of like a messy area so I was like if we can come on kind of take the piss out of sex really and kind of have that fun side too where it's not all just like completely serious and you know we can have fun with it and it engages the like audience too because then having people with the audience come on and talk like it's not just having like these guests come on at the risk of sounding like a radio host i mean what's it been like for your dating life having this out there because i I did listen to one where you were saying that you have some just boneheady kind of dudes who are like well i can give (laughs) you something to talk about be like yeah cool pal i'm sure you can um (laughs) it's made it a lot kind of harder in a sense because I'm instantly sexualized if especially because I've had to move my dating to online a lot um, because I can't just go out to a club and meet someone and if the podcast comes up I used to have the mistake of like having it in like my prompts and stuff that I had to stop that because 
like I'm instantly was just being sexualized and they were kind of more I'm like I'm here for like dating not necessarily like casual sex everyone thinks I'm a sex freak too they <laughs> just assume that I'm having all of this sex and it is absolutely crazy and I'm gonna be amazing in bed <laughs> and I'm like I'm literally not having sex <laughs> It's a bit weird and it still is like I think I'm still trying to navigate that people generally when I tell them in person take it a lot better because we can have that bit more of a conversation around it like it's just I don't know I think because they meet me too and it's not like them just putting this fantasy in their head. And I found that especially like having like meeting people from online, they instantly think they can do anything and kind of push all these boundaries because like, you know, I have this episode on anal, therefore I must be completely okay with that because I talked about it. And I'm like, no, I have my own boundaries. Like, we need to communicate about this. This is kind of the point of the show, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, like, not many of them obviously take the time to listen to it. And I also kind of find it hard now because there is so many episodes out there and you can really get to know me through it and, like, kind of, like, my sex life. It's kind of hard because if they're going to go and listen through all of that, they're kind of getting the... Because, obviously, it's... I have my persona and that person I put up there it's not necessarily mm. always exactly me and how I see it I'm putting it putting it out in a certain light for how people perceive it so for some of the things I talk about for them like they take it from that way not really having that conversation with me and then it's also hard because I go on dates and I'm like how much do you know mm. like mm. how and yeah. I went on a date um a few weeks ago and when I was like with her I was like we were talking she's like I haven't listened to it yet don't worry like I didn't want to because I wanted to get to know you first and I was like thank god because I was like I don't know how much you really know like which is a bit daunting but I guess that's like you know the the price you pay for putting yourself out there absolutely I mean it's fascinating because it's the intimacy of podcasting makes it such a great medium for your subject matter but at the same time for your personal life you're obviously a much more nuanced human being than just this but people can have this one-way relationship with you where they're just consuming what you put out there but they're giving nothing back and not able to ask any questions it's a fascinating uh, situation to be in yeah, it is. And I think it will only probably get more interesting, especially with the, the more topics I cover and the more people see it. It's a weird position and it's kind of, it's got to the point, it's like, when do I even talk about it? Like, when do I bring it up? Because mm. people, it can be a lot. And I think another thing that terrifies them is, well, what if I'm on there? Like, what if, like, what if you talk about me? And I'm like, well, I'm never going to talk about someone I'm actually dating in the time. And obviously it's always anonymous. But I, I get that fear too. And they're like, well, I don't know if like, they don't know how to feel about it because it's obviously intimidating for them if then they do engage with me. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. You almost need the kind of little trigger warning with your dates as well, just to say, look, you know, just upfront, anything we talk about will be anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about turning up on the yeah. show. It's going to be okay. Let's just have a exactly. chat. And normally like if I am talking about it, it's generally like horror stories. Like when I've had girlfriends walk in and all these different things, I'm like, that you've put that on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We like to get a, a few podcasts that our guests have listened to and, and you know, you, you've no doubt heard a few in this area, but any podcast in particular doesn't need to be limited to this that you want to recommend for our listeners? Um, I absolutely love Fucks Given by Come Curious. They were the first kind of sex positive podcast they ever came um, across. It's two British girls and they talk about absolutely everything beyond what I've even talked about. 
and it's just was just such an eye-opening podcast to listen to and it 100% gave me the push to want to do what I'm doing now and even now I still listen to it and it's a great podcast and it's evolved in itself too and yeah it's just super informative also great listening to people from somewhere else in the world with different guests and different things because I feel like sometimes when it's in the same area people like guests overlap and topics so yeah they're super interesting to listen to awesome well we'll link to that one as well and do you have any advice for anyone who is thinking of starting a podcast and how to do a podcast in two and a half weeks or whatever your advice may be if you're feeling like doing it just do it like i think it's worth pushing yourself out there trying to be as organized as you can i am the least organized person but it becomes so chaotic if you do not have your next episode planned and you've got less than a week and if you have not edited your episode and it's going out the next day so trying to be as I guess as organized and planning I like to try and record as many as I can over a couple weeks so that I can then kind of take a step back especially doing it with uni it's like it can be a lot and also working so I think trying to be as organized as you can be I still suck at it (laughs) I still get find myself would be the day before I'm like shit I have done everything else but that so yeah I guess trying to be organized also just backing yourself and just believing in yourself because I know like starting this was terrifying because if it didn't work if I did not find a guest the week after my mom because I only had two and a half weeks if I didn't have that it could have just completely flopped and I didn't do it and then I've kind of just it was very intimidating for me coming from such a small town because it's so gossipy back there and putting myself out there talking about this like there was so much I just felt like so much pressure on me also talking about sex career-wise if I didn't decide to become a sexologist I was terrified about the fact what if I want a corporate job and I have just completely exploited myself on the internet <laughs> and they're going Never to thought of that yeah I'm like it was something that I was it was a lot to think about and I think for the topic I chose I think I did it so quickly because I just couldn't think I if I started to stop and think it was a terrible idea so I kind of just had to throw myself out there and I have I applied for a job at the start of this year and it was brought up and they were like you need to remove this from your Facebook we can't have this connected to you because if our customers see this like we don't want to deal with that and I'm like this is why I need to be talking about this because there's so much shame and I you know we should be able to have these conversations so yeah I think just backing yourself and putting it's a lot of work but putting in that work and being organized so that it doesn't get chaotic because you know it's not something you're going to necessarily be paid for so you've got to have the passion and as soon as it starts getting you know disorganized and chaotic you're not going to enjoy it and then what's going to keep you going if you don't have that passion there well I think the passion absolutely shines through and I think just getting out there and changing that message and and promoting sexual positivity and you know the openness to speak about it and as you said if you're doing that and it's changed the discourse where jobs that you're going for no longer see that as something that's you know smutty but they say that's great and they recommend to their friends then you're doing a great thing yeah exactly yeah we love it thank you. Thanks so much for taking time today. Really appreciate it, Emily. Awesome. No worries. Thanks for, you know, provide. I love to talk about it. So I'll talk <laughs> about all, all of this anywhere I can and try and, you know, put it in, I guess, people who wouldn't necessarily listen to something like this, kind of put it in their face and get them to listen to it. 